grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome in, Big Ten backers. We're going to bring in those big-ass dump trucks for you. But first, Steve, we got to talk about where we gone, where we've been, and what we do, baby. Hey, talk man, put that up map. that map. There we go. We've been everywhere, man. Hell yeah. I'm trying to thank you, Johnny Cash. What's going on with that? I, I take pride in this, man. We put a lot of miles on those cars, a lot of gasoline. We need a sponsor from a gas station immediately. That we do. Come on, quick trip. We're always eating there, boy. Quick trip. Sheets, man. I like some sheets, right. and I like to come and go. Tell the backers where we're going for week 13. There's week only 13, one place. There's only one place to be in week 13, baby. That is in Ann Arbor at the big house, living the dream. It's for all the marbles, baby. This may be the last one like this, man. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm pumped already, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped with you, Beef. I'm ready to do it. Can't wait to get there. Can't wait to get in the stadium. Oh, look at Let's that. talk about it, man. Let's talk about that one big-ass dump truck in the Big Ten. We got and there's not many big-ass dump trucks either. There is not many this week, surprisingly, for a rivalry week. But we got number two, Ohio State, at number three, Michigan. This is a 12 p.m. game on Fox, man. The game is here. It's time to get it on in the big house. Two undefeated teams. You don't get this very often. We got it two years in a row here in the Big Ten. Man, yep. oh, man. I'm going to say defense, defense, defense. You got the number one and number two scoring defenses and the number one and number two yards allowed defenses in this game. Boy, Beef, this is going to be a showdown. Yeah, and the points per game allowed by Michigan, man. Those Wolverines are only allowing nine points per game. Ohio State, 9.3. So they're neck and neck. This is going to be a heavyweight fight, AJ. What do you think, man? Man, I don't know. This game is... One of them games, it seems like where there's one team that's always dominant. Is this going to be a one-sided dominance? Will this be a slugfest? Will this be an old-school three yards in a cloud of dust type game? I don't know. I feel like every time we get one of these games, one of them runs off with it, whether it's Ohio State, Michigan, obviously Michigan the last couple years. But, man, Jim Harbaugh is going to be crunching chips on his couch, scratching his balls, watching this game from his mama's couch. He ain't going to be there, Beave. That's going to add some extra pressure for Michigan. That's going to add actually a lot of pressure for Ryan Day. You imagine if Ryan Day loses this one with Jim Harbaugh not there? Boy, boy, I think Michigan has a lot to lose. A lot to lose here because if they lose, everyone, everyone's going to say it's because they didn't have Connor Stallions cheating for them. Man, Michigan comes in, though. Two consecutive wins. First time since the 2000s. Crazy, man. Ohio State has owned the recent dominance. But like I said, they have been Michigan's bitch boy as of late. Yeah, buddy, man. Like you said, they busted their nuts in 2021 and the, and 2022. But yeah, those did. two wins, are they going to come with asterisks? That's the question. What happens after this season when the NCAA finalizes their investigation, when you have a full-scale investigation? Right now, it's just the Big Ten doing you know Big Ten things. They wanted to upset the Apple card a little bit, so they're like, yeah, you're out for a couple games. But it's not over yet. There's still an FBI investigation that possibly has ties to this. It may come with asterisks, and these games may be erased forever in the record books. I know they still happen, and man, you know, like Aiden Hutchinson we talked about earlier, damn. I mean, 
you can't erase what he did to that offensive line of Ohio State because he was getting sacks. That didn't come with any sign stealing. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the best, best rivalries in all of American sports. It doesn't get much better than this at all. I mean, like all the players that's played in this game, you talk about Tom Brady and Troy Smith, the Boza brothers, Zeke Elliott, Ty Law, Chris Carter. Like, man, you, I know you could add some in there for me, Beef. Throw some more in there. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you got Simba himself that came in in a fourth quarter and won the game when Troy Smith went down, and then he went on to be a star one year and gone. Anyone you can think of, man. Uh, geez, there's so many. Uh, I mean, Trestle, you got to think of the names of the coaches, too. You got to think of Trestle. You got to think of Urban Meyer. You got to think of Lloyd Carr. You got to think of Bo Schimbler. You go all the way back to Woody. I mean, these things are just amazing. I mean, you got to live. Couldn't go really for this, three. You got to really know that be in the Midwest to know this game, man. You got to grow up in it. You got to live it, breathe it all year long. And, you know, things close down in the Midwest. They close down in Ohio. They close down in Michigan. Like, no one has basketball practice. No one has weddings. And if you do, you're fucked up. You don't have a wedding during this time. I mean, come on. You don't plan anything on a Saturday in Ohio anyway. I'm going to reel you in. I'm going to reel you in a bit, Beef. Bring me in. Come on, reel me in. Reel you in, man. I got a fish on the line. I got to reel you in. All right, man. What do you think? Can Michigan get three straight against Ohio State? Well, what the hell kind of short bus special needs, nose-picking, booger-eating kind of question is that? Pretty goddamn obvious, numb nuts. No, man. <laughs> this not happening. This is really the Big Ten championship game, AJ. I mean, it, it doesn't deserve to have a Big Ten championship game after a game like this. This is it. The Big Ten West has never won the championship game, and they never will. This is the last episode of it. And this portion of the game, this particular game, is going to be the last one where everything's on the line, you know? The Big Ten Championship game is on the line. The bragging rights, the playoff contenders. One of these teams is going to the playoffs, and the winner is going to be the one. Man, it, it's never going to be this big again with 12 teams coming next year because you can have that one loss and still make it. So this is one that will last the test of time, man. This is huge. And, and I think the game is going to be won defensively. I mean, you look at these matchups. What's going to happen? Turnovers. Turnovers are going to be key and also that explosive play. Michigan got the best of the explosive plays the last two years. Obviously, man, every time I turned around, I still had those images burned in my brain of JJ just chucking the ball up in the air to a wide open receiver last year. I mean, just dominating Ohio State. But this year, Ohio State's defense, they're a different team, man. Like we said, they're one and two in the nation and points scored against them. So the scoring defenses are awesome. Uh, Jim Knowles has really turned around that defense. Things are changing. This is going to be a struggle. This is going to be a real struggle. I mean, we're going to see games like the Ohio State, Penn State, the Michigan Penn State game, low scoring defensive battles. And I mean, before uh, Michigan lost those last two, or before Michigan won those last two games, they were fun to watch. I mean, I thought Michigan was definitely going to win this game. But after watching those last two games, JJ McCarthy was 76% per completion percentage. In the first eight games of the season, he had 16 touchdowns, no interceptions. Now he's like 61% with no touchdowns and one interception. So can Ohio State stop the run? Are they going to rely on the run, stack the box, knock down uh, Blake Corum? And can McCord, is he going to play like a Honda McCord or is he going to play up there with the best of the best in the nation? I mean, he needs to get a full game, get that ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. Henderson needs to have some breakout runs. Those are the obvious things that I think we all think about. But that one key matchup that I'm looking for 
Is Cade Stover, is he going to be involved in the game? That means McCord's doing the right thing. Marv's going to be double teamed. He's checking down to his, to his main check down. And, and we'll see what happens. I mean, that's going to be the key to the game for me. And then the key is for Michigan. It's all about JJ. It's all about JJ McCarthy. He yep. struggled the last few weeks. He's got the capability, but he also has the ability to tank it. So who are you going to get? He's obviously super talented quarterback, but you've seen him in the TCU game, but you've also seen him in the Ohio State games in the past where he can go both ways. I think it's the shoulders are going to be on him. You know what you're getting out of Quorum. You know what you're getting out of Edwards. You know what you're getting out of the defense. Like you said, McCord and JJ, that's the question, man. What do they do? Yeah, is JJ going to get those passing yards? And is Quorum going to be all superhero like he always is, man? All right, man, let's get into it. Let's do these predictions, baby. What you got, man? Like I said... I saw some passing deficiencies against Penn State and Maryland. I would have picked U of M before all of this, but now I'm going to ride with those Buckeyes, man. The Bucks' big D just inches out the Wolverines, 17 to 10. Mm, man, we got fuck Ohio or don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. The hairballist Wolverines versus Ryan Day's hairless nuts. Give me them Buckeyes winning this one, 23-17. We got a lot, right, man. Locked in. We're going to bring in Jamie the Duck for the next game. Let's go, Jamie. Let's get now him in here. Jamie, where you at, there bro? We go. There's Jamie the Duck. Where you man. at, Jamie? Hey, hey, I just had a little Thanksgiving down here in Oregon. Now I'm ready to head to the Civil War today. So it's going to be a good day. I'm well fed, ready for ready for the big game. Hey, man, you juiced up on them calories to take on a, a nasty beaver that wants to throw hands? Hey, we're going we're gonna to need it today. It's going to be a good game. Hey, please tell me you cooked a beaver instead of a turkey. Come on, man. Oh, man. they I wish, man. They outlawed that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Too many ducks were cooking all them beavers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we are, boys. Civil War is brewing on tonight. I'm going to say on. It tonight. is tonight. It is brewing. The Battle of Oregon between the beavers and the ducks in Autzen Stadium. Man, I'm excited for this game. Oregon has looked like one of the best teams in college football ever since that loss of Washington. They're on a roll. Beavers were on a roll, but kind of ended it last week when they played Washington. But, man, I'm not going to sit here and talk too much about the Civil War, especially when we got Jamie the Duck in there, who understands this rivalry completely. But, B, feel free to add what you got to say, and let's let Jamie just jam out. All right, Jamie, I just wanted to give you some credit, man. Since the beginning of the season when we were talking to you, it wasn't popular. It wasn't a good choice. I didn't think it was a good choice. But, man, Jamie, he's been talking about Bo Nix and his chance for Heisman, and now it's the last week of the season. And guess who's up there at the top of the list, man? Between him and Jaden Daniels. I mean, some some have him number one, Bo Nix. Some have him number two. Uh, I think FanDuel has him number two behind Jalen Daniels and uh, MGM possibly has him number one what do you think man give us your take hey, man on consistency that's what he, he's been showing all year you know I, I told you at the beginning his his stats were okay they were they were blowing people out and so they actually pull their quarterback unlike lsu where they keep him in till the end of the game so you want to look and compare stats uh we're, we're not here to to blow people out and, and keep him in we got people to put in after him and and it's not smart to keep your quarterback in late. And, and I'm glad that they didn't get bit over at LSU, but that's just not smart football to keep your star quarterback in at the end of the game, unless you're just trying to push for a Heisman. And that's really all they got to play for. We're hoping for bigger things over at Oregon. So that's why we've been able to pull him. He's been playing 
lights out. He had one of his best games of the year. It was Arizona State, and and take that with a grain of salt uh, because that's been an up and down team. But also, you look and compare uh, Michael Penix Jr. over there. He didn't even score an offensive touchdown against Arizona State. So if you want to compare stats that way, uh, that's one way to look at it. But all around, there's some good quarterback play happening in the Pac-12. I think Bo Nix has just kept it together with consistency where you look at Michael Penix Jr., he's had a slew of better games than Bo Nix for sure. But Bo Nix hasn't really had an off game. So that's where he's kept it kept it together. So yeah. for me, man, what, what changed about Oregon and Oregon this year is everybody thinks of them as a one-sided team, right? They're usually that power offense team, but this duck is not that way. This duck team is not one-sided. They are powerful on both sides of the ball. Tell me about the offense and the defense, man. Man, Dan Lanning came and, you know, just like Chris the ball, he's brought a lot of recruits, but he really focused on the defensive side. He had that SEC prowess of, of defense being an SEC defensive coordinator. He brought in another SEC defensive coordinator, pulled him from the NFL and Tosh. And and so they really have made a big focus on that defense. And it's really paid dividends where, yeah, you have the pass, you have the run, but guess what? You can actually stop them on the other side of the ball. And you've seen that in a lot of games. I think they gave up a good amount of points to Caleb Williams, but that was also Caleb Williams. Um, and so they, they've been able to hold when they need to. I, we've lost that one game. I wouldn't put that one on the defense. I felt like they did a decent job. But again, that's also Michael Penix Jr. as well. So anytime you can do all right against those guys, you got a decent defense. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm happy with what they're showing. Oh, man, they're looking like one of the best teams. If, if it wasn't for that loss, you're talking about number one, number two in the nation, in my opinion, as far as how they're playing right now. Let's get to your let's get to y'all's keys of this game to see how we play have this playing out. Lord have mercy. Be with me, you know. We pray for that one. Get these words out just right. But anyways, for me, the key of the game is going to be that Oregon running game. Oregon State, the Beavers, they can play D, but they're better at stopping the pass than they are the run. I'm expecting Bo Nix and them to just pound out these Beavers. That's kind of my outlook for the game. What you got, B? Man, uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict it now. This game is in Eugene, in Eugene, which favors the Ducks highly. I mean, what about that home field environment, Jamie? Man, it it's a beautiful place to play there in Austin. Honestly, capacity is not that high uh, as far as how many people they can fit in there, but it is a loud place. There's not, it's, it's funny that it's there in Oregon. We were talking about as a family last night. It's like, Oh, that's crazy. Oregon doesn't have a single covered section. Like it's everybody's amongst each other where it's all the way up. There's no divided sections, no 100, 200, 300 levels. It's, it's one section. And so, we're we're in there. We're loud. We're there together. It's it's a cool place to play. They're going to have definitely some home field advantage. It being such a, a close game, I think Civil War is probably the, the best name you can pick for this because they're 45 minutes down the road. You you go one town over from Eugene and, and you're going to have Ducks and Beaver fans there because of how close these two schools are. And it's not east side versus west side like it is in, in Washington. It is literally 45 minutes down the road from each other these are families divided you come to my house right now i'm sitting at my mom's house down here in oregon uh she's an oregon state grad my sister was at at uh dinner last night oregon state grad uh her little sons my nephews oregon duck fans so because her husband's an oregon duck we are a divided state and so 
Civil War, great name for it. It's going to be a good time. Expect the Beavers to show up. This is a big year for them. They've done a, had a great season. And so expect, expect the place to be packed with Oregon State and Oregon Ducks everywhere. I'm ready for it, man. I can't wait to watch the Civil War. It's going to be a it's going to be a good one, man. Let's get these predictions out there. I think the Ducks get a little wet and wild on these Beavers, and they win this one 38-24. I got 33-24. The Ducks, of course. Hey, man, it's a, it's a dry day in Oregon today. You're going to see the ball flying. I see 42-21 is what I see. Oregon pulling it out. Uh, I, I think there's a chance. Just like any time in a rivalry game, I'm not going to knock Oregon State. They always got a chance what they get against UW. So, but I, I'm pretty confident my 42-21. Yeah, if DJ can get a little wild, he can keep it close. But he's also turnover prone. Who knows what you're going to get. Hey, speaking of DJ, he's got his little brother. He's going to be rushing him. You got two five-star recruits coming out of <laughs> high school. His brother plays defensive end for Oregon. This is the first game they've got to play against each other. You've seen clips of DJ leaving his game, driving down the road to go watch his little brother play football and support him. They're a close family, and it's going to be awesome. If, I want to see that highlight, a, a sack on his brother. That would be, that'd be awesome today. Yeah, look, I, I seen the little video where Dan was saying, hey, man, Thanksgiving hit your brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Ui Ungalele Bowl, man. Oh, yeah. That's why he transferred out there, get a chance to play against his little brother. Everybody loves a little brotherly rivalry, which fits this game. It's actually a perfect little yeah. comparison right here. Well, Jamie, we appreciate it, man. I'll let you get on out of here. You enjoy the Civil War. Take some pictures. Send them our way. We're definitely going to be jealous wishing we were out there with you. Hell Absolutely. Yeah. Go Doug. Thanks for joining us, Jamie. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you. All right. It's time. We're going to play you all a little, a little video here to kind of get an idea of what we do. Yeah, show Here's them what we do, man. Backers. At all those games we've been to, show them what we've been doing, man. Let's do it, man. This is one of our favorite things. Every time we go to a game, we're going to do stuff like this. We're going to get you a little highlighted version of these things. And who is the worst fan base in all of the Big Ten? Probably Ohio State. You guys have been around. Who, who's the worst? Uh, oh, okay. Purdue. <laughs> Purdue. Purdue is the worst fan base. You got it. Worst school in the Big Ten. It's all teams coming in. Are there new teams, bro? Hey, Rutgers. <laughs> hey, nobody cares about no, nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about them. Rikers, Maryland, like, are they even in the Big Ten? They should be in the MAC. They should be. They should be in the MAC. Nobody cares. I'll see Northwestern. Hey, who's who's the worst fan base in the Big Ten? Michigan. 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 Michigan.
Michigan. Michigan, obviously. Penn State. Michigan. 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 Rutgers. All right, who's the worst fan base in the Big Ten? Michigan. Michigan. Michigan, easy. T-T-U-N. T-T-U-N. Michigan. Easy. Worst fan base in the Big Ten. Michigan. Um, Michigan. Right? I'm going to say Iowa. Iowa? Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. They're horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. All right. What is the worst fan base in the Big Ten? Hey, let's show the Big Ten how we do a jump around. Jump around. Is the worst fan base in the Big Ten? That's easy. That's that team up north by far. Easily. Cheaters, pompous. They don't think they ever do anything wrong. They're as scummy as they come. Jim Harbaugh just, is a fraud. Just He's the, a fraud. the moral high ground every time. But I mean, when you really look at it, who is the worst fan base? That's awesome. That's a good time, man. That just sums up everything that we do. Man, that jump around with those boys was fun. But you know. It's time to talk about the big rivalry week. It's Big Ten Roundup time. We're going to bring out the Midwest Corn Fest game of the week. We got the Hawkeyes in Lincoln versus Nebraska. This is going to be another fun one. Another low-scoring game for the Big Ten West, as always. But who is going to be the King Colonel? That's my question. There's a lot of history beyond football here and it's all about who makes the best corn and we just gotta know we're gonna battle it out on the field see who king colonel is who is the king colonel yes man i was number one in the nation in producing corn but them huskers they're coming in at number three right behind illinois 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 <laughs> they love those s's hey man i gotta stop you for a second speaking of that last video that we just showed worst fan bases in the big 10 i I wore this just for that. Hoosiers, baby. <laughs> they don't even know their players. We got a video up where they don't even know anyone on the team. They don't know their fight song, nothing. Oh, we'll have that video coming up. Let's talk about Iowa, man. Let's talk about it. They already won the Big Ten West. They're already headed to Indy. So there's no spoiler chance here for Nebraska to say ruin the Hawkeyes' chances. They are literally going to be playing for the right, the, the post-season. Post, <laughs> <laughs> Lord, that was a trick. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. But man, this game is going to be another boring Iowa game. I've been to two of them. It's hard to stay awake. I look like that USC fan you got a picture of every time I watch Iowa play. This is not going to be any different. It's going to be a snooze fest, but it's just like driving through that state of Iowa. Just boring, man. Good luck staying awake. Better get your caffeine. Better have some coffee. But man, what do you think about this game, man? What do you think Nebraska is going to do? That fan base deserves it, man. They're as loyal as they come. Speaking of they deserve it, I got another one for you. Man, I'm pulling for Nebraska. It may be just me. That fan base is awesome. We went there years, what, two years ago, three years ago now? Four years ago. It's four years ago. Anyway, we were there. It was awesome. The fans traded us very well, even though we were from opposing fan bases. Um, that's why I'm pulling so hard for them. I love them. I want to see them in a bowl game. If they go, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be there. I'm going to support those Huskers, man. Yeah, speaking of... This game, you got the number four total yards defense in Iowa against the Big Ten's best rushing defense. 
I think that's an interesting matchup. How do you think that one shakes down? Hey, man, I can't believe you just gave someone props for total for the fourth in total yards in the Big Ten. That, that's that's not nation. something to brag about. That's the nation. In the, the nation. Oh, that's the D. That's the D. The Sorry. Jumped ahead of myself a little bit. But that, and that defense is good. Nebraska has 31 sacks on the season, and that'll continue to grow as Iowa has given up four sacks in each of the last two games. And this is against Illinois and Minnesota. And I thought Iowa was known for producing linemen and tight ends. But man, why are you giving up so many sacks, bro? I mean, this game, though, I, I give Iowa credit. This game is called uh, uh, the Heroes Trophy game, and it honors the citizen from each of the states that has had an outstanding year as a citizen. And man, Iowa's traditions are starting to grow and they're meaningful. They pull on the heartstrings of everyone. So I think that's pretty cool. You got to see the wave in person. So uh, what'd you think about that, AJ? Man, I could not wait to do the wave. Obviously, one of my favorite traditions, if not my favorite tradition. It was awesome to finally give it a do it. Wave to the children up there at the children's hospital. Like I said, like you said, there's more sentimental feeling when I have things like that. Whoever decided to put that right next to the stadium, man, God bless you. I swear, man, yeah. that was Awesome idea. The fans love it. All of college football loves it. Y'all get a chance. Get out to Kinnick Stadium. Do the wave. It's an it's an awesome thing. I don't I don't know that all Wisconsin fans love it. They took over the best tradition in the Big Ten and maybe the <laughs> nation. <laughs> well, as far as excitement and getting pumped for the game, you know, jump around. Jump around's a little bit more fun, but the other one's yeah. sentimental. So they're they're in two different spectrums. So I'm yeah, not gonna different knock, categories. I'm not gonna knock my jump around, you know. When Hell yeah. Taking that. But, Beave, man, give me a prediction on this game. What do you got? You know, Nebraska has something to play for in front of their home crowd. They're going bowling, and they're going to score a total of 13 points, 13 to 9. Nebraska, baby. I got the Huskers. I'm taking Iowa. They're going to do another wave, and they're going to say bye-bye to that Nebraska postseason hopes, and they win this one in the corno, 17 to 9. All right. All right, then. All right, Dan. All right, Dan. All right, now we got another crazy good matchup we both can't wait to talk about because this one should be a really not close game at all. We got number 11, Penn State at Michigan State. This is a Friday night game, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. The Nittany Lions will end their Big Ten season at Sparty Field in Detroit. Lions had way more hopes to finish more than third again in the Big Ten East. But just like Thanksgiving, this is an annual tradition those Penn State and Nittany Lions and not finish outside of the third place position in the East. Not much of a game here. Whatever Sparty had planned got tucked a long time ago, got tucked away, put away. They're done. They're bad. Don't see much hope for them against these Nittany Lions. Beef, what does Michigan State have to do to kind of surprise the world and actually upset Penn State? Lost your audio, man. All right, so I'm going to get to my prediction. We lost Beef. We can't hear them. It's going to be, to me, a 35-10 game. I think the Nittany Lions just poured on Penn State, or the Nittany Lions poured on Michigan State. My apologies. Hopefully, Beef can get his mic worked out here. Let's see. Let's move on to the next game. We're going to have Indiana at Purdue. You have two 3-8 teams that are going to be battling out for the old Oaken bucket. Ryan Walters in his first year. That showed some flashes, but overall, this team has been a, an extreme disappointment. Tom Allen, he was one of the best coaches in the Big Ten East. When he first came in, looked like he took advantage of COVID year and was rocking, really rocking, but now he's lost it. 
another three and eight team. Man, oh man, did he lose control of his team in Hoosier country? Beave, you back? Damn. All right, then. But yeah, Tom Allen, he's going to be coaching for his job. Ryan Walters looks like he could have another good seat. He could be building on a good season maybe for next year. Tom Allen, he's looking like he might be coaching for employment somewhere else. I got Purdue winning this and taking the bucket 31 to 24. We got another great Big Ten matchup for you. We got Northwestern at Illinois. The same Northwestern team who just got their sixth win of the season. Going bowling. They have really pulled things together since that debacle in the shower rooms to begin the season that got Fitzpatrick fired. And no one's seen this team going bowling. But they are bowling nonetheless. Illinois looked like one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten West until they ran into that Iowa team we talked about earlier. Once they ran into them, Iowa shut it down, put a little water on that heat they were building. <clears throat> but surprisingly enough, Illinois has the fourth best offense in the Big Ten, and they're going to need that offense to roll because they need to get to a bowl. And if they're going to do it, they got to take down the Wildcats, and those Wildcats can get frisky. My prediction in this game, Brett Bielema will be celebrating at the Golden Corral after the Illini score and win this one 28-20. Any luck, Beef? All right, we're going to move on to the next game here. We got Wisconsin, my Badgers, at Minnesota, 3.30 p.m. game on Fox Sports 1. The battle. Paul Bunyan's, act, Paul Bunyan's axe will be up for grabs in this Big Ten rivalry. What a kick-ass trophy, man. We love that trophy here. One of our favorites from the backers, Whiskey, has their fair share of injuries in this season. There's had their fair share of injuries in this season, but man, quarterback Tanner Mordecai is back. Braylon Allen is back. They're getting healthy, and they're starting to reel in some wins. They got to go bowling last week. They got that overtime win against Nebraska in Madison. Man, it was a good time. That was a fun game to watch. You got the Golden Gophers. Man, they've dug themselves a hole. They're in big, big trouble. Can't seem to find their way out of it. I don't know if they can actually get this win, get the axe, and go bowling. I think Wisconsin's the favorite favorite here. But you're, but B was going to say, man, these this Badgers starting to get their identity back with Tanner Mordecai and Braylon Allen. That's absolutely true, man. If you're if you're Wisconsin, you have a tough nosed quarterback, and you have a running back that can plow any cornfield in the midwest but man i'm gonna predict this game the bowl bound badgers grab another wisconsin w and get an axe winning this one 24 13 let's get to another big 10 game the last big 10 big 10 game for the day we got maryland versus Rutgers. maryland will look to that number three big 10 offense as they take on the Big Ten's fifth best defense. Terps have a problem this season, and that's ball security. Turnovers, 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 man. That has really plagued this Maryland offense. If it wasn't for that, they could be balling out this season. But Talua, he just hands him things over too much, man. He's like, here you go. He's Oprah. 
just passing these things out. Everybody gets an interception. You get a fumble. You get an interception. That's Talua's year, man. If it wasn't for that, that offense could actually score. They can move the ball. They pushed Michigan to the brink last week. But again, turnover struck and took away their chances. Mr. Chop, Chop, Chop some wood. Greg Schiano, he is doing work as a head coach again up there at Rutgers. Every year they've gotten better under him. You know he would love to grab another win for his Knights before this regular season ends. Both these teams are going bowling. Both of them are going to represent the Big Ten. Man, this is going to be a nice Maryland offense versus that Rutgers defense. I think Loxley and his Terps get it done, putting those Knights to bed. 31-21, and let's move on, man. We're going to play another video for you. And we'll get to our last segment here. Well, second to last segment here. I do apologize, but enjoy some more of our interviews. They have no chance. 2-0, last two years. They have no chance. Marvin Harrison, shit. He's bad. Everyone's shit. Everyone's bad. Is the Phoenix going to win the Heisman? Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Phoenix is definitely going to win the Heisman, yes. And is there a cheer for the Ducks? Do they do anything in particular? I mean, I like to throw out this goddamn O, which means zero national championships. Oh, awesome. 42. 40, the 42. final score is 42. 42 is what I meant, officer. Okay. I ain't going back to jail. They don't let you out. Name one person from the offensive line on Northwestern. I actually don't know. All right, one person from the defensive line. Um, I don't know. <laughs> one person on the team. Anyone on the team? <laughs> Decker. Decker. Can you can okay, the girlfriend comes with the answers? Here we go. She knows the team. Galaga. You at least tell us the name of the mascot. Willie the Wildcat. There we go. Big Ten Beckers podcast here. Irish just won the game, took down the Trojans. They busted them, son. This guy stormed the field, and he's excited. Hey, I walked up to Caleb Williams. I said, let me see them nails now, boy. <laughs> you saw what he wrote on his L nails last year, right? Oh, yeah. He said F-U-C-K-N-D. I don't take that kindly. I take that to my heart. Yeah! Some Penn State fans. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fucking great. All right, we want to know what the score is going to be at the end of the game. 49-10, the good guys. Where are these points going to come from? Second. <laughs> <laughs> Suspended. Rest of the season. Rest of the season. Absolutely. All right. Did he know? Did he Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Everybody Everybody just got caught. Everybody Everybody he just got is, caught. Is Connor Stallions gonna win the Heisman? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It is UCLA. Fan here now. Wait, I'm here, I'm here. Do you think Jim Harbaugh knew about the sign stealing? Listen, I think he had a he had a little idea, but Alright, welcome back, backers. We're gonna do a little trimming of the landscape. We're gonna talk about some of these other games outside of Big Ten country. Let's get out that trimmer. Let's trim these ginger balls and let's take a look at that landscape. B, we still can't hear you. I don't know what's going on with you, man. Your mic's done. But anyways, Alabama, 
number eight in the country at Auburn. This is a 3.30 p.m. game on CBS. We have the legendary Iron Bowl. Man, do we get another great rivalry game. This is, to me, the only game in college football that competes with Ohio State and Michigan as being the best rivalry in college football. Not too many teams, games, and any sport in America compares to the Iron Bowl and the game. Can't wait to take this one in for another year. But it's looking like this one could be... Not the greatest one to watch. Alabama starting to roll. Might get a little disappointing game here in Jordan-Hare. They say records don't matter when it comes to rivalry games, and that may be true. Auburn's got to pull out some magic to hold that up. I don't see that happening. I don't know if anybody's watched Bama, but the last few years, or last few weeks, sorry. Everybody knows what they've done the last few years. Last few weeks, they've really, really started to get hot. Milrow starting to light it up. This team's looking good. They were my pick to win the national championship this year. All I know is if they get out of Jordan Hare and they get this win, watch out college football. The GOAT, Big Dick Nick, is coming. And he's coming for everybody else in college football. You better watch out, man. Yeah, I don't know if Auburn can find any luck against the SEC's second-best scoring defense of Alabama. But... Who knows, man? It's a rivalry game nonetheless. Tough task for the Tigers. I don't see them getting it done. But who knows, man? I'm going to predict this game. Bama, huge, huge. 41-24 over these Tigers. We got a little bit of a rivalry week undercard. We got University of Texas San Antonio at number 23, Tulane. 3.30 p.m. game on ABC. This is an absolute beautiful undercard. University of Texas San Antonio can get themselves in the AAC championship game if they can take down the green wave of Tulane. This is a play-in game for the AAC championship. This should be a fun one to watch. Roadrunners lost three of their first four, but haven't lost a game since. They're getting hot. They're on a streak. Tulane. They have flirted and flirted and flirted with disappointment. Will that disappointment come against these roadrunners? Mm, man. My favorite heading into this wild card is the roadrunners. I think they get this one and they end the repeat of Tulane and they win this one 31 24. What up, man? Oh my God, he's back. He's back. I had to come in on my back, back, back again. I had to come in on my phone, brother. That mic is toast. Oh, man. Anyways, we were just talking about green. We were talking about Tulane and UTSA. Great undercard. Yeah. I was trying to get to another New York six game, but I think the Roadrunners ruin that repeat chance for them. What do you think? Yeah, I got the Roadrunners too, man. Double overtime. I got it 44 42, a back and forth game. It's an exciting one to watch, so tune into this one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's definitely going to be an exciting one. We got the next game. We have Texas A&M at number 14 LSU, 12 p.m. game on ESPN. How can you not love to watch these Tigers? Man, Jaden Daniels and that LSU offense is just fireworks. This man is a Heisman stat machine and a must-watch every week. He's got us going, Caleb who? That's how good he is. <laughs> he can say Caleb who? And we're all like, who I don't that? know. 
Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? <laughs> if you haven't watched the sporting news and somehow you missed it, jumbo shrimp has been cooked finally at Texas A&M. Although that LSU offense can score some points, this is this is a dangerous defense Texas A&M can put out there. So I'm kind of interested in seeing how Jaden Daniels and that LSU offense goes up against that Texas A&M defense. Now, their offense is straight, flat, garbage, ain't got no ass on her at all. That offense is terrible. Terrible. Exactly. Terrible. But B, flat break this one down for the back. Let me know what you got. Hey, man, the only thing that Texas A&M has got going for them is they got cash to pay a buyout and five-star defensive linemen that don't do shit. That's it. I mean, this game is going to be fun to watch, especially because we get a chance to watch Jalen Daniels and neighbors get that connection again. And this might be the last time we see it. They're not going to play in the bowl game. I mean, Jalen Daniels, he's a senior. Neighbors, a junior, he's probably going, right? He's going pro. I doubt either of them plays. Uh, Daniels, they're gone, man. They're gone. They're in the NFL. It's a sweet connection, but this is the last time we'll ever see it. But that offense, man, averaging 46.8 points per game. 46.8. Let me say that again. 46.8 points per game. I mean, they had to replace the lights on the scoreboard in Death Valley four times this year already. And first in the nation. It's insane, man. They're going to light up the scoreboard again. And we're going to take LSU. And Jalen Daniels wins the Heisman. This game, 38-30. 38-30. I like that. I like that score prediction. I actually like it so much. I'm going to keep that score prediction and give it 38-30 <laughs> as well. Somebody's in my notes, man. He's got him. Connor Stallions, he got a hold of my script, man. He, he told me my score. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker got me. Got got by the Stallions, man. Just like crying day. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Funny you should mention that. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's move on. Let's get to this next game. We got one more for you, and then we're going to bring out Vegas Matt in a pre-recorded little betting section here. There we, we go. Florida State at in Florida. 7 p.m. game in the swamp on ESPN. Everybody knows Jordan yeah. Travis is out for the season. What a devastating loss for the Seminoles. They also dropped from fourth to fifth in the playoff ranking. So they're that first team just outside of the playoffs right now. Obviously, there's a lot of ball. A lot of things can change, but they need style points. They need all the style points they can get. They need to prove that their backup quarterback can go on that 2014 national championship run the Buckeyes did on their third string QB. But a lot of people forget Florida State is not an offensive team. This isn't a team that is necessarily driven by Jordan Travis, in my opinion. This team plays defense. The Knowles play D, and that's all they need to do. Play solid D. Don't put your quarterback in back, bad situations. Take care of the new signal caller that's coming in. Take control of these games, much like Ohio State did. When that, when that happened, man, that defense stepped up. Like 59 to nothing against Wisconsin. They never put their quarterback in bad situations. You're right. Like, whoo! And if Florida State can do something like that, their defense can hold this team together until that quarterback figures it out. They'll be all right. They're obviously going to need some help. This is kind of a weird year where everybody's kind of staying undefeated. You don't see that. Maybe we get chaos in the next couple of weeks. But We're going it's to hard it. to get a win in the swamp. These Gators are kind of up and down. They're a little bit here. They're a little bit there. They push Missouri to the brink, but then also get blown out. 
I don't know what to expect out of these Gators. Obviously, they have a chance to take advantage of Jordan Travis being out, but that defense has got to play for the Knowles. What you got, Beef? Yes, sir. AJ, you're on to something, man. People aren't thinking about this Florida State defense. They're focused squarely on the offense. And with the quarterback being down, this defense is actually 12th in the nation. They're no slouch. The 12th scoring defense in the nation. The quarterback, the quarterback doesn't affect the defense much. And like you said, there's a little bit difference between that Ohio State team of 2014 and this Florida State team. And the difference is Ohio State had a defeat to start the season and a bad one against Virginia Tech. Florida State is undefeated, so all they have to do is win, and they're in. The next game, though, is a little bit more important. Let's, let's give a little bit of time to Tate Roadmaker and his second start of the season. The first one was against a nobody, Northern Alabama. He had a hell of a game. But they should take this game quick and easy. Florida State gives up a lot of passing yards. It's just it's a, a rookie quarterback in there, man. It's definitely one to watch because this new quarterback can affect playoff chances, the undefeated season that's on the line, and they have a risk of losing it all, man. And a couple turnovers, their season could be over. So they got to get it out of the swamp with a win and then on to the next game against Louisville where style points might matter a little bit. Just get out of this one with the win. Yes, sir. What's your score prediction for this game, man? What you thinking? Hey, man. Um, I got this one a close one. It looks like you do too. I'm gonna go with 34-23. You going 34-23? Yes, sir. Mm, man, what do I want to do? I think Knowles win. Knowles win. No, they don't. Keep on dreaming. They don't win. Oh. Gators in the swamp without Travis too much gators win this one 31 27 beef go ahead and hit those best quickies while i get us loaded up for the next you got it here we go we got number 12 old miss which already played mississippi state they won 17 7 last night we got today tcu against oklahoma number 13 oklahoma at 12 p.m on fox these are ones to watch out for. These games mean something because Oklahoma losing affects Texas too. The quality wins matter. So these teams that are ranked currently need to stay ranked for their teams and their conference to look good. So we got another one, number nine, Missouri against Arkansas, 4 p.m. on CBS. Texas Tech against number seven, Texas, 7.30. Texas has got to win it to stay in it, man. And then Saturday. The slot of games we got that we want to talk about, Kentucky at Louisville. Louisville needs to win it to stay in it, man. They got to win it to stay in it and to help Florida State's chances. Number 15, Arizona at Arizona State, 330 on ESPN. Arizona's looking like a team on fire, man. You do not want to run into them. If there was a 12-team playoff, those boys better be in it, man. They are looking good. Noah Fafita playing lights out, but let's go on to the next one. We got the powerhouse Vanderbilt against a team that definitely should not be rated, but the college football playoff committee wants to pump up the SEC, it looks like. Number 21, Tennessee, 330 ESPN Network. I really hope Tennessee loses because they are not a good team and they should not be 21 in the nation. Number 25, Liberty at UTEP, CBS. 3.30. 
All right, this is a good game. You might want to watch this one. Tune in to Washington State at number four, Washington. There's a chance for a slip up here, man, in a rivalry game like that. Much like you had Florida State going down in the swamp, I think Florida State could take this last Apple Cup. Maybe they'll renew this rivalry too. I think they're talking about doing it, and they should. But there's a chance. You can see number four going down today. There's one that there's not a chance. Number one, the Bulldogs at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech takes down big teams, but they ain't taking down no Bulldogs. All right, man. That one is at Georgia Tech, 730 ABC. Iowa State at number 19, Kansas State. Again, watch for this team to win. Kansas State needs this to prop up that Big 12, whichever the winner is. Texas, hopefully it's them if they want a team in the playoffs, man. That's at 8 p.m. on Fox. And lastly, the battle for North Carolina. No, this is not basketball. This is football. North Carolina against number 22, NC State, on the ACC Network. All right, man. Well, that's the quickies, baby. You got something to say? I do. I got something to say. Everybody, go to the fridge, grab yourself a beer, get you a damn turkey leg. College football's coming. It's about to be in your year. But first, we're going to get Matt in here. We're going to get Matt on the line, and he's going to give us our betting props for this weekend. Vegas Matt, baby! Vegas Matt time, baby. This is a pre-recorded line, but we're going to let it play and kind of jam out for you guys. We got Vegas Matt on the line. What's going on, Vegas Matt? How we doing? Doing well. How y'all doing? Splendid, man. Splendid. I'm full, man. All that turkey. Yes, sir. All those mashed potatoes, all that shit. Full. Just full. Hey, thanks for coming, man. Let's get into these games, man. We got some good games. Before we do, he's going to give us an update on these standings. Matt, hit us with those standings. Yeah, a little bit of a redemption across the board for at least AJ and myself. Last week, I went 16-6. and six. I am 126-108-3 on the year. Uh, AJ, a little bit of redemption. You were 1-6 last week. You're up to 3-4 and four this week. You are 34-30-1 on the year. Beave, hard to go back-to-back perfect, but still pretty solid at 5-2 and two last week. You are 40-25 and 25 and have a five-and-a-half game lead in the standings over AJ. How you feel as we get into rivalry week about that? I don't I don't even need words, man. You can just hear the clap. Yeah, speaking, speaking of, of the clap. Speaking of the clap, last week, breaking the seven-game losing streak in the BWYP game of the week. Ball State rolling out, getting you that win, covering easy. You're now four and seven there. So we got to try to make it two in a row this week. Let's do it. Yeah. Give me something good. And uh, the boys, let me have a little bit of runway here before we kind of get into the games. Really wanted to take a step back here and realize the fact that we are going to be talking about rivalry week this week. There is a lot of emotion, a lot of competitive games. Gambling can be extremely difficult in week 13. We're going to kind of talk through a couple things real fast. When I look at rivalry games, I'm going to tell you I stay pretty heavy on the over-under. I do not like the spreads in rivalry games. You're not going to hear a lot of that action. A couple games I will, but most part I won't just because games can be really funny. So just kind of think about that as you're gambling this week. Second thing is you're gambling this week. If your team is playing in a big rivalry game, talking to you, Ohio State, Michigan fans, 
please, please, please be smart about your betting. Betting should never be emotional. I know there are a lot of people out there to talk about paying for wins, which is basically betting the money line on the team you hate. I'm not a big fan of losing money, but I understand that. Never bet the spread against the team you hate. That's a double whammy. Nobody wants that if you lose. So be really smart about betting in games where you have an emotional feel towards those. And then the third thing we're going to be talking about quite a bit this week is bull eligibility. You got a lot of five and six teams. I'm talking to you, the Big Ten West. Those play a factor when we're looking at lines and spreads and gambling this week. So let's all just be smart, take emotion out of it, look at the facts, try to do the best you can. Thanks for a wrong way on that, boys. Uh, you're welcome, man. You talked about it. You said Ohio State and Michigan fan. Let's talk about the game. It's time for war. Break that one down for us. Yeah, um, knowing we were going to talk about this right away, uh, full disclosure, everybody, I am an Ohio State alum, diehard Buckeyes fan, absolutely hate this game for so many reasons, causes a lot of anxiety, so this is really going to go off of what I was talking about earlier, but let's start with the spread. This game, when it opened on Sunday, was minus three and a half. You've pretty much seen it stay at three and a half. I have seen some books be at minus three Michigan, but really most books are staying at three and a half. A little bit of a wrinkle here. If you go back three weeks ago, this was a minus six and a half Michigan. So you've actually seen this line drop three points over the last few weeks. Um, I always like to take the opening lines as of Sunday, but you are seeing a lot of that trend over the last few weeks go that way however when we're looking at sharps and we're looking at cash you're seeing about 61 percent of the cash at this time going michigan you're seeing 65 percent of the tickets go ohio state that is the large ohio state fan base a lot of tickets but money favoring michigan sharps are pretty big on michigan this week too where i'm looking though cash 58 percent right now at the under I think this game screams under for a lot of reasons. Again, this is for playing a Big Ten championship, basically walking your way into the playoff. You've got Ohio State second in the nation in points against a lot on defense. Michigan is first in the nation. So you got the one and two best defenses against points playing in this game. I'd be leaning over, but let's start with you, AJ. Where are you going? Mm, man, it's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with the under. I think I'm going to follow that money. And go with the under. And how about you, Beef? I got the Buckeyes, man. That boy. Cover. I hope you are right. All right. We got the next rivalry game. We got the Civil War, Oregon State versus Oregon. So out of the gate, you saw Oregon minus 14. That very quickly, as of late Sunday, dropped to minus 13 and a half. And you've seen it stay at 13 and a half this entire week. So kind of odd where you see that quick jump down and then staying throughout the week as such. Over under started at 62 and a half. That's dropped down to 61 and a half. You're always looking at weather and Eugene. Late November can always be a little funny with the rain. We all saw that last week in Corvallis, Oregon State, Washington. That could play a factor here. Again, I look at a game like this. Oregon has been, in my opinion, one of the most dominant teams in college football. I'd probably throw them in there with Georgia right now, just playing complete football, offensively, defensively, special teams. They are really rolling. They're really dominating their opponents. Oregon State, I think it's been a fun story. I didn't see a ton there. I think they're a really good team. I don't think they're a great team. I understand that 13 and a half spread. It's a little bit enticing, but again, anything can happen in a rivalry game like this. I'm leaning over. That's where the cash is going right now. You're seeing about 
about 58% of the cash leaning over. With that being said, where are you going, Beef? I'm going with the under. Right. And how about you, AJ? I am going to take the over, baby. We got the legendary Iron Bowl, Alabama at Auburn. Yeah, this one, again, another really funny line. You saw it start out at minus 14 and a half in favor of the Crimson Tide. Pretty quickly moved up to minus 15. Over the past couple of days, though, you've seen a lot of money rolling into Auburn. It's down down to minus 13 and a half um, in favor of Bama going into Auburn. Over under starting at 49. That has dropped to 47 and a half. This is one of those games, again, Alabama, I know I didn't say last segment with Oregon, Georgia playing playing really good football. Alabama would be in the next year under that. They are really clicking on all cylinders. I like what they're doing. Auburn, though, because this is college football, you got to think about the emotion. Last week at kickoff, 26.5-point favorites at home against New Mexico State. Now, I've been giving them a lot of flack. That is an 8-3 football team. However, they won 31-10 in Auburn. That is a bad loss in the bye weeks of November in the SEC. So Auburn's got that chip on their shoulders, that bad loss at home. This is a rivalry game. I look at a game like this. I'm leaning with the over. But let's start with you, Beav. Where are you going? I got to get Alabama. How about you, AJ? I want to take Bama laying the points as well. Yeah, I think they're a complete team. I agree with y'all. We got Texas A&M playing down in Baton Rouge against LSU. It's uh, week 13 in college football, and Texas A&M is really going for that 7-5 and five record, which they do every single year. So pretty standard on them, even though they're 7-4 and four at this point. This is a, this is a, These are some interesting lines this week where you actually saw LSU open up at minus 11. You saw it quickly drop to 10 and 10 and it actually jumped back up to 11 currently. So you've really kind of seen it stay pretty much around minus 11 in favor of the Tigers of LSU, even though you saw a little dip earlier in the week over under stayed completely flat at 66 and a half here as well. So a little bit of movement with the spread, pretty much no movement with the over under here. I look at a game like this, LSU, They've got a phenomenal defense. In fact, first in the nation in point scoring. You got Texas A&M 17th in the nation in point scoring. We all know LSU doesn't play defense. This screams over to me. But let's start with you, AJ. Mm, I think A&M is going to find a way to cover this game. Wow. And how about you, Beef? Wait, that's tough, too. Um, ooh, gosh, I think I got to go I over. I think so, too. Just too much fireworks there. We got the battle for the state of florida we got the seminoles visiting the swamp taking on the gators so florida state here started out at minus six and a half of the week it has actually stayed at minus six and a half although you're actually seeing that line drop a little bit because you're actually seeing about 66 percent of the cash flowing to florida which is surprising again we all know the qb situation of florida state i don't have to remind buckeye fans what a backup quarterback could do nine years ago so really don't know what we're going to get from florida state this would be a very much stay away from this line could be a dominated win by florida state we don't know what their backup quarterback's going to do i'd stay away from the spread on this one however the interesting piece 
is the over under it started at 51 it has now dropped down to 49 you've actually seen 64 percent of the cash going with the under here i look at a game like this florida has been really sluggish all year however they are five and six this is one of those bowl eligible teams they're gonna fight like crazy because this could be the last game of their season i could see a tight one here don't know what the backup quarterback i'm leaning under here going with the cash but let's start with you beef where are you going i'm gonna take florida uh to beat the spread all right but lose the game Fair enough. And how about you aj yeah gators covered here i think they're gonna make this one close wouldn't bode well for the playoff for florida state if it's close we got a couple of three and eights battling it out for the old oaken bucket indiana at purdue Purdue started out at minus three. They have jumped up to minus four and a half. We've seen the the over-under stay pretty set at 51. These are two three and eight teams. Pretty pathetic. Purdue has been playing a little bit better as of late. So is Indiana. So I see this being a little bit more of a competitive game. Uh, I do not like anything minus four, minus four and a half here. To me, this feels like that touchdown field goal minus uh, four point game, three point game. I'd stay away from the spread. Give me the over. Oh, I got another one for you, Matt. We got the battle for the land of Lincoln trophy. Northwestern's taking on Illinois. Northwestern, again, just keeps fighting. I don't know how they're doing it. This is a bowl eligible six and five team. They're going to Champaign to take on a five and six Illinois team. Again, five and six. Keep that in mind. Burt Bielema's fighting for that bowl eligibility. Illinois minus six over under here, 46 and a half. Northwestern has stayed tight and competitive in all these games. I think if Illinois was bowl eligible, there wouldn't be as much fight. I'd feel very comfortable with it. Northwestern. However, I do think the Illini will win it. However, I will take the points with the Northwestern Wildcats. We have Wisconsin at Minnesota for Paul Bunyan's Axe, one of my favorite trophies. Wisconsin minus two here, which is a little bit surprising and over under at 42 as well. Minnesota, another five and six bubble team. I don't actually know how they got five wins at all this year. I haven't seen much out of them. I know Wisconsin has been clunky in their first year, a lot of injuries. However, this one, lay the points, give me the Badgers. We got Maryland at Ruckus, both of them going bowling. Yes, they are. So no bull eligibility factor in play here. Maryland minus two here over under at 44 and a half. Rutgers, the last few weeks, their offense has gone nowhere to the point that they are actually 112th in the country in points scored. Both these defenses are solid, you know, 50 and 26. So pretty good, but not great. This one screams under to me. We got two teams that are going from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. We got Colorado at Utah. Utah minus 22 at home, seven and four um, against the Buffaloes. And the over under here is at 52. This is a game where Utah has shown in the past when they're playing pretty bad defenses that they can score a lot of points. Colorado 121st in the nation in points against allowed. Colorado's 47th in points scoring. Don't really know what their situation is going to be like. I would actually lay the points. Give me the Utes. I like that. I like that. We got the Territorial Cup, Arizona at Arizona State. 
Arizona started out at minus 10 and a half. That has actually jumped up to minus 12. You've seen it over under here at 51. This is where I'm going to kind of break one of my rules that I talked about at the beginning. I actually really like the Wildcats here in the spread. They have been beaten down the last few years by Arizona State. Arizona is really rising. I love that program. I love what the coaching staff is doing there. Lay the points. Give me the Wildcats. All right, Matt. How about the Apple Cup? Washington State at Washington. Yeah. The Huskies started out at minus 17. That has dropped a little to minus 16. Over-under was at 68. It has dropped down to 67. Uh, obviously, this one's near and dear to my heart being up here in the Seattle Pacific Northwest area. Got to get a little love for the Cougs. 67% of the cash right now is going towards the Cougars. 75% of the cash is actually going towards the over, even though you've seen that drop a little bit in some books. You've actually seen it rise in a couple other books. The book I look at has had a drop and a half a point overall cash though most places 75 percent on the over again i think this is a story of people keep betting on the underdog i had no idea why washington was an underdog last week they covered they won outright i look at this game now have no idea what's going to happen you actually have pretty clean weather up here give me the over we got the legends trophy notre dame at stanford Notre Dame started out at minus 24 and a half. You've seen that jump to minus 25 and a half. Uh, over under was at 51 and a half. You've actually seen it drop to 49 and a half. If you've actually looked at the last couple of games with Notre Dame, they've been putting up a lot of points against bad teams. They had such a brutal schedule early on. I think that they're now clicking and they're playing softer opponents and realize how good their offense is. I actually am going against the grain on this one. Give me the over. I like it. I like it. Sometimes you got to go against the grain. We have California at UCLA, who had that massive upset last week. They sure did. And I don't know if it's enough to save Chip Kelly's job, but uh, it was a very nice win. And the Bruins are minus nine. You have an over under here of 52. California, five and six. Again, this is actually a very good offensive team. And one of the worst defensive teams in college football, 124th in points against allowed. So I look at a Cal team that can score some points. I know UCLA is great, 11th in the nation points against allowed. That's a good defense. But great offenses can score some points against great defenses in college football. I actually like the over on this one. Well, it's time, boys. It's time. It's time for the Burns when you pee game of the week. Beave got clean last week, as Matt mentioned earlier, and here we are. Is he going to catch it again? Got some penicillin, buddy. All right, Beef. Uh, you're going to need it because we are traveling to the northeast where the Huskies of Yukon at 2-9 and nine are traveling to UMass, who is 3-8. and eight. This is a disgusting game for a lot of reasons. I I was one of those believers when we were talking early on, when we were looking at over-unders on the year. I actually thought UConn was going to put something together there. I thought they were building a program back up. They had had some respectability in the past, really fell off. Okay season by their standards last year, but they have fallen right back to where they were all along. UMass, the independent team, has just been a doormat to everybody. They have been atrocious. We have an we have a minus two and a half for UConn. We have an over under of fifty one. So, where are you leaning, Beave, on this? What can I get you to help? UMass has one more win. They have one of their 
offenses or defense that's not in the hundred or above ranking, I guess I should say a hundred or below ranking, meaning their offense is 90th in the nation and points scored. Um, UConn can't say the same. They're 126 and 113. UMass is at home. I got to take UMass against the spread. They're beating the spread, baby. Well, they would be getting they would be getting two and a half points in this case. So UConn is favored. UConn is favored minus two. Um, since you always like to go, all right. I was gonna say, dude, I was gonna give you some schedule here. Believe it or not, UMass actually beat New Mexico State at the beginning of the year, and again, that that was kind of laughable. New Mexico State eight and three playing well. Yeah, you um, or uh, New Mexico State was in uh, Burns when you pee episode earlier in the season. Yeah, and you know what? Shame on me, New Mexico State fans. You know, just send me all the hate mail you want. Uh, Mia Copa, I'm sorry that that program has been in the in the dumpster for a long time. Really come back out, played really well. Uh, UConn really doesn't have much. They beat Rice this year, and they also beat Sacred Heart. So I, I would say UMass at least has a decent win on their schedule this year. However, they are dead last in points against a lot on defense. So their defense is atrocious. So with that. You want to take the plus two and a half in UMass, or are you I'm reconsidering? UMass, baby. They're at home. They got this. All right. You heard it, AJ. UMass is going to make you look like ass. <laughs> Good pick. Good pick. All right, guys. That's it for the Vegas segment. We appreciate you, Matt, as always, getting us in the money, getting these bets, making us educated where to put our money. 61%, baby. It is a good winning percentage, Beef. Very proud of you. All right. Welcome Thanks, back. Man. Get back at it next time. Yeah, welcome back, Big Ten backers. How we doing? Beav, you still there, man? Hey, man. I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> I was just thinking about that win percentage, man. Woo! And I'm ready with the Buckeyes, baby. Let's roll. That's, oh, man, he's got the shirt on. All right, backers, it's time for us to get out of here. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sharing. Keep hitting us up on the socials. Beav, get us on out of here. Hey, thanks, Big Ten Beckers. Thanks for coming. Sorry it was our first time live, so it'll be better next time for sure. But we'll see y'all in Ann Arbor at the Big House. If you want to interview, hit us up for your seats. We'll be there. Let us know on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, or on Twitter. The X. All right, Big Ten Beckers are out. God bless. Go Bucks.